Hey, what's up, friends? It's so good to be back with you at Babylon Talmud. And Babylon Talmud today, on the, another episode of the Traveling Babylon Talmud show, I'm in some random location in Nahlo, Jerusalem. Okay, exciting stuff. So, here we go. Without further ado, we are learning today Daf Menvav, Menvav of Mesechta Brachos. Mm, what can I say about Daf Menvav? For the most part, it's like pretty uh, smooth reading, which is cool. There's like a little bit of a rough patch there in the middle. Uh, some interesting stuff about like the bracha that, that a um, like guest makes for his host when he's leading the benching. Um, yeah, some other kind of interesting little nuggets. So I know you guys are all in suspense right now after that very uh, gripping description. So I'll just get to it. Very, very top of the page um, of Memvav, where it says, Rabbi Zera, Chalash. So Rabbi Zera got sick. Olagab Rabbi Abo. So now Rabbi Abo went to visit Rabbi Zera. Kabil And then Rabbi Abo accepted upon himself the following uh, Kabbalah. Imatpach katina charechsaki. So it's funny. Rabbi Zera apparently, so first of all, apparently he was a midget. And then, apparently, he would, like, test himself in fire or something. I think maybe to see, like, if the fires of hell would, like, have, have any effect on him or something like that. And I guess one time he got burnt. So they would call him Katina Kharikhsaki, which basically means, <laughs> sounds funny to say, but, like, uh, shorty burnt thighs. Like, small dude with the thighs that got burnt. So shorty burnt thighs. So I guess that's, that was the term of endearment, I guess. So Biabo says... Okay, if shorty burnt thighs gets uh, healed, so then Avinu Yom Tavadur Abanan, I'll make a I'll make a big suda, I'll make a big uh, party for the rabbis. So Adpach, and sure enough, shorty burnt thighs uh, pulled through. Avad suda, avad Rabbanan. So Biabau made a suda for all of the rabbis. Kimata the So when it came time to make hamotzi on the bread, so Amarle Rebzera. So so Rabbi said to Rebzera. Lishrei lanmar nu. So why, why don't you honor us with uh, with um, making the bracha on the bread? So amalei lo sove lanmar lahadar Rabbi Yochanan damar balabayis botzea. So Rabbi Zera said to Rabbi Abo, he says, look, you know, I'm quite honored that you want me to make the hamotzi, but um, don't you hold of what Rabbi Yochanan said that balabayis botzea that the um, owner of the house makes the bracha on the hamotzi. So Sharlu, so Seder. So so Abu said it was Makabal from Abzer and he said, sure. Um, and he made the Hamotzi. Kimata the Vuche when it came time to bench. So so Abu tried another time. So he said Abzer knew, so can you can you bench for us? Can you lead the Zimun? Oh, so Rabzer said, Don't you hold of that which Ravhuna from Bavel says? So now Rabizera was born in Bavel and then he emigrated to um to um to Eretz Yisrael and he emigrated to Eretz Yisrael. So so basically so at this point he was in Eretz Yisrael with Rabbi Abo and I think I don't know if he was after Rabbi Yochanan was already gone or whatever, but anyways, um so he was now in Eretz Yisrael. So Rabbi Abo said to Rabzera, why don't you lead the Zimun? And Rabzera said, Well don't you hold of that what Ravhuna from Bavel said? That Botsea Mivarich that whoever made the hamotzi should also lead the benching. 
So, okay, so Abou, how come he was asking Rabbi Zera to lead the benching, right? What was his, like, what, why did he ask Rabbi Zera? So, because Rabbi Abou was assuming, like, what Rabbi Yochanan says in the name of Rabbi Shimon Yochai, which is, that while the owner of the house makes the bracha on the bread, the um, guest makes the, leads the birkat amazon. How come? So, oh, so the uh, homeowner, the, the host, so he makes the bracha on the hamotzi because he knows how much bread there is. So he knows how, how big of pieces he can give, right? He knows if there's lots of bread, he can give big gazunta pieces. But if there's only this one loaf, so then you know, he's going to have to make sure there's enough for everybody. So therefore, the owner of the, the, the host makes the bracha on the bread. How come the guest leads the zimun? So that he could bless the, the host, right? If the, if, if the guest leads the zimun, he then has the opportunity to thank the host and to bless the host in the birkat hamazon. What is this blessing? So some people might recognize this. Uh, blessing. Maybe maybe they say it themselves when they're the guest, or maybe they maybe they they've been at somebody's house and there was a guest who was leading the uh, zimun and and they said the following blessing. But it's may be the will that the that this that this host should not um, be embarrassed in this world and he shouldn't be ashamed in the world to come. The Rebbe Mosifa Divar and Rebbe would add, you know. Uh, extend this bracha. Add some, add some extra stuff to this bracha. What did he add? He should be very successful in all of his neches and all of his real estate. And um, his real estate dealings and our real estate dealings should be successful. They should be close to the city. And Satan shouldn't um, um, have any um, influence on his uh, the work of his hands, not on the work of our of my of our hands. And there shouldn't be um, um, in front of him or in front of us um, any thoughts of, of sin or wrongdoing um, from now and forever. Cool. Okay, that's very sweet. Well, there you have it. That's where that blessing comes from. Okay, so this is where it gets um, slightly uh, slightly complex for a little bit, but it's, it's not too bad, but uh, just focus for, for a few minutes over here. So, so, so what is considered the Birkas Azimun? And Rashi says, he, explains, he defines Birkas Azimun as, you know, that which you would need three people in order to say that part, and that if you aren't three people, if you're less than three people, you wouldn't say it at all, Okay. So basically, this is the part of benching that you would only say when you're with the zimun. So if Nachman Amar Ad Nivarich, Rav Sheshis Amar, interestingly, Ad Hazan. So if Nachman says the only part that you know you need three people for is like this whole Rabosai Nivarich thing, right? Rabosai Nivarich, Yishem Hashem Vachem Etavar Olam, etc., etc., until Baruch Shachan Mishlov Tuvochayinu. So according to Rav Nachman, that is the Birkas Hazimun. But Rav Sheshis says interestingly. That the bracha of azanas olam kulo betuvo until bracha tashem azanas akol, that is all part of birkas azimun, right? So it's the whole rabosa and avarich thing until the end of the first bracha of benching. So according to him, just a regular person would not say the first bracha, what, what we consider to be the first bracha of benching. That's reserved for when you have a zimun, which is interesting. So name a kitanoi. So I'd say that this machlokas between Rav Sheshis and Rav Nachman is like a machlokas tanoim. Okay, what's the machlokas tanoim? 
Ditani Chado, we have one Brisa that says, Birkas Hamazon, Shnai Mushlosha. So one Brisa says that Birkas Hamazon consists of either two or three brachas. Okay? Vitani And the other Brisa says that Birkas Hamazon consists of, you know, sometimes three and sometimes four brachas. So Savur, Dechule Ama, Atova, Metiv, Labdoraisi. So let's say that, okay, both of the Tanoim, right, both in the, the Tana of, of, you know, there was one Tana for the first Brisa, another Tana for, the, for a different Brisa. Um, so let's assume that in both Brisas, we're assuming that Hatov um, the fourth Bracha of benching, is Midr Abanan, and therefore we're not even considering it. Okay, fine. So, okay. So my love, Baka again, this must be the difference between the first Brisa and the second Brisa. So the first brisa that said that benching is either two or three brachos must be assuming, like Rav Sheshis explained, which is that the birkas hazimun goes until the end of the first bracha. And therefore, shtaim oshlosha means that if you are not with the zimun, if you're just benching by yourself, it would be two brachos. It would be the bracha of Al-Aretz Valamazan and Bonei Yerushalayim. Of course, we're not considering um, because it's only we're only talking about the rises over here. And when do you have three brachas? You have three brachas when you're with a zimun, right? So you have um, uh, the birkas azimun, which is until the end of the first of Hazan Asakov, uh, and then al arts valamazon and bonei Yerushalayim. And the uh, second brisa, which says that benching is either three or four brachas, holds like, would hold like the way that Rav Nachman explained, which is that Birkas um, Hazimun is only until Nivarech. Um, so therefore, when you are with a um, Zimun, so you say the Birkas Hazimun plus the first three brachas of benching, right? Azan, Esakol, Alaret Valmazon, and Boni Yerushalayim. Whereas when you are um, not with a Zimun, so then it would only be Hazan Esakol, Alaret Valmazon, and Uvenei um, Yerushalayim. So that's three and four. So the Gemara says, Lo. Rav Nachman tarts the time, Rav Sheshis tarts the time. So the Gemara says, No. Rav Nachman is going to argue that both Brisas agree like what he says, that Birkas Zimun is only, you know, the Rabos Senevarich part. And Rav Sheshis is going to argue that both Brisas agree with him, that Birkas Zimun is until the end of, of, of Azana Sakol. Okay. Rav Nachman tarts the time. So Rav Nachman is going to show how both Brises make sense according to him. Tuchuliama ad nivarich. Okay. That both Brises assume that Birkas Azimun is only the Rabusai Nivarich part. Manda Amr Shalosh Ve'arba Shapir. Okay. So of course, according to Manda Amr, says three and four brachas. So it's like we explain, right? That when you're with Azimun, it's four brachas, right? It's, it's Rabusai Nivarich plus the first three brachas of benching. And when there is uh, no Zimun, so then it's just three brachos, just the first three brachos of benching, minus, right? Right, because we don't include the, the Rabbo Sainavarech part. Which is also interesting that, you know, according to this, Rabbo Sainavarech, that whole thing is actually considered a bracha, right? Right, right. We're saying three and four, that according to, we want to explain that according to Rav Nachman, what are the four brachas? It's the Rabbo Sainavarech part plus the first three brachos of, of, of benching. So now we, of course, had that machlokas between Rav and Rabbi Yochanan about what defines a bracha. Rav said that you need to have Hashem's name. Rabbi Yochanan said that you have to have El, not just Hashem, but you also have to have Elokeinu Melech HaOlam. But they would both agree that if it doesn't have God's name or, uh, you know, Melech, that it wouldn't be a bracha. And yet we're saying that Rabbi Sainavarech counts as a bracha even if there's no Zimun, right? Even if there's no Minyan, right? Because right? If, if there's a Minyan, so you say Elokeinu, Nevarech Elokeinu Shachan B'Shalom. But uh, even if there's no Minyan, uh, you would be saying 
Nivarech, and we're assuming that it's a bracha, which is interesting. Okay, but in any event, if you're of Nachman, how are you ever going to have a situation where there's going to be two brachas in benching? Even if you're not with a Zimun, so then there's three brachas in benching, right? When are you ever going to have two brachas? So, here, if you remember from Tezayin and Aleph, we're talking about the workers, right? The Amr Mar that we said, that the workers who are working, we said that they basically say the first bracha of benching, and then the next two brachas, they merge into one bracha, and they don't say hatov um, v'ametiv uh, at all, okay? So, so, zel. So Rav Nachman's going to say that the brisa that says two and three brachos agrees with him that birkas azimun is only the rabbosayin of Arech part, but, so when, but it's talking about the benching of the workers. So when they are with a zimun, they'll say rabbosayin of Arech, that's bracha number one, and then they'll say two more brachas, i.e. azanasakol, and then merge the, the next two brachas into one bracha, and zeo, those are your three brachas, and when, you, and when the workers don't have a zimun, so then they would just say um, the first bracha of azanasakol, followed by um, the next two brachos merged into one, and that is two brachos. Very good. Very, very good. Rav Sheshis metarits the timing, and Rav Sheshis now explains according to his reasoning. So everyone agrees, Rav Sheshis is going to argue, that everyone agrees, of course, both Bryces agree, that Berkaz Azimun is until the end of Hazan, until the end of the first bracha. Okay, so Okay, so if you say two and three brachos, uh, it's perfect, right? With no Zimun, it's two brachas, right? It's Alaretz Falamazon and Uvnei Yerushalayim. And when there is a Zimun, it's three brachas, right? It's the Birkas Azimun, which ends at Azan HaSakol. And then plus Birkas Alaretz Falamazon and Uvnei Yerushalayim. Umanda Amr Shalosh Va'arba. Oh, so then how is he ever going to have four brachas, let's say, right? How is he ever going to have four brachas? So Kasav Ratov HaMetiv De'oraisahi. How are you going to have four brachas if you assume that Atov HaMetiv is Midoraisa? Oh, so if you assume that Atov HaMetiv is Midoraisa, well then, when you have a Zimun, so you have four brachas, because you have the Birkas Zimun, which goes all the way until Azan HaSakol, then you have Al-Aretz Falamazon, you have Uvnei Yushalayim, and you have Atov HaMetiv, and when you don't have a Zimun, so then you only have Al-Aretz Falamazon, Uvnei Yushalayim, and Atov HaMetiv, and there's your three and your four. All right. Everyone got that, right? If you didn't, just rewind. Okay. Now, Amr of Yosef, Now, Rav Yosef says, even though, you know, Rav Sheshis just had this fancy thing to say that there was like this brisa that said that Atov HaMetiv maybe is Doraisa, Rav Yosef says that, um, no, there's no way that Atov HaMetiv is Midoraisa. How come? Because workers don't say it. If it was Midoraisa, you'd have to say it. Even, according to, right, even when we say that workers say, a benching composing, consisting of two brachas, it's because they merge two brachas into one, right? But they completely ignore Hatov Ametiv. So clearly, it's only Midrabana. If it was Midraisa, then we wouldn't just be able to ignore it. Amar of Yitzchak bar Shmuel, bar Marta, Mishmedirav, so of Yitzchak bar Shmuel bar Marta says the name of Rav Teda, Hatov Ametiv lav Doraisa. This is how he learns out that Hatov Ametiv is not Midraisa. Sheposeach babi baruch ben chosim babi baruch. Because it starts with Baruch, and yet it doesn't end with Baruch. Okay, so in order to understand this, we have to talk for a second about something called Bracha Smucha Lechaverta. A Bracha that is juxtaposed to, to, to its friend. So that is going to be something like, 
benching, for example, right? So benching starts with Baruch Hashem Kulo and then it ends with Baruch Hashem Okay, great. So that's a very normal first bracha. But then if we look at the next bracha, it just starts with No Delecha. It doesn't start with Baruch Hashem No Delecha. It just says No Delecha, and then it ends with Baruch Hashem And the bracha after that also just starts Rachim Hashem and then ends with Baruch Hashem Bone Baruch Amen. Right? If we take a look at Birgos Kriyashma, for example. We start with Baruch HaTashem Elkanim Elechem Yotzeh Oroboi Choshech Hoseh Shalom V'Yesekol in the morning. Right? And then we say Baruch HaTashem Yotzeh Moris. And then the next Baruch is just Ava, Ava Rabba. Right? Or Ava Solom. It doesn't start with a Baruch. Because it's what's called a Baruch HaSmuch HaLechaverta. A Baruch that's connected to its friend. Right? And even Pesukah Dezimra is... is uh, the same way, right? Meaning you have Baruch Shomer, which then says, Baruch HaTashem, Elokeinu Melechulam, Hakel Av Rachman, Hulab Fe'amu, etc. Baruch HaTashem, Melechmula Batish Bachos. And then it concludes with Tishtabach, which ends with Baruch HaTashem, Kilo Baruch Cheyulamim, but it doesn't start with, um, right? Um, it doesn't start with the Baruch HaTashem, Kilo, the only Baruch is at the end of Tishtabach. So these are all what's called a Baruch HaSmuch Chaverta. So in benching, we have a Baruch HaSmuch Chaverta. We have you know, the first bracha starts with Baruch and ends with Baruch. The next bracha doesn't start with Baruch, it just ends with Baruch HaTashem Al-Azul Then it goes into the next bracha, which doesn't start with the bracha, it just ends with Baruch HaTashem Bani Yushlaim. But then the bracha number four, it starts with Baruch HaTashem Al-Azul which means that if it was a bracha Asmuch Al-Chaverta, it wouldn't be starting with Baruch HaTashem Al-Azul It would just go right into the context and end with the bracha, as was the case with Al-Azul and so therefore the fact that we start with Baruch HaTashem Elkeinu it means that it's different than the previous brachas. It's not connected to the previous three brachas which were all encapsulated in one large brachas Muchal Chaverta situation. Kind of like a chain. But this broke the chain. So therefore it must be that it is Midir um, right? So that, so that is what um, so that is what Rav Yitzhak Bar, Shmuel Bar Marta in the name of Rav is saying. So let's read that again. So four lines from the bottom of Mem Vav Muralv. Teda da tova metiv lavda oraisa. You should know that a tova metiv is not mid oraisa. Rather, it's mid rabbanan and it's different from the other three brachas. Shay poseach babe baruch ven chosim babe baruch because it starts with baruch rather than ending in baruch. Kedutani, as we learn in Abraisa, kol abrachos kulan poseach ben baruch vechosim ben baruch. Every single bracha starts with Baruch and ends with Baruch. Just like benching starts with Baruch HaTashem Elkein Melcham and ends with Baruch HaTashem Elkein So every single Baruch is like that. Ah, you might be thinking, what about Baruch HaTashem Elkein Melcham That's just one Baruch. So, so except for Baruch on fruits, right? Baruch HaTashem Elkein Melcham That's just one Baruch. Right? It's not Baruch HaTashem Elkein Melcham I don't know, boy prayer eights, boruch atashem, boy prayer eights, right? It's just one bracha. Uvirkas mitzvos, also the brachas that we make on mitzvos. Uvracha smuch lechaverta. And as we just explained, this bracha smuch lechaverta, right? A bracha that's juxtaposed to its friend, it doesn't start with baruch and end with baruch, it just ends with baruch. But it starts with just going right into the content. Uvracha achronosh bekriyashma. And the last bracha of Kriyashma. So Rashi points out that, that the last bracha of Kriyashma isn't just considered a regular bracha, meaning, whereas, let's say, Avas Olam, which is right after Yotzer Moros, is bracha Smuch El Chaverta, nonetheless, Vyatsev, you know, because there's a hefsek of Shema in the middle, you might think that it's not, you know, it's not really connect, it's not really, you know, a, a classic bracha Smuch El Chaverta, which goes immediately into the next bracha, because you have Kriyashma in the middle. So, so the Brisa, so, so the, this Brisa is pointing out that, the last um, one in Kriyashma is also not a normal bracha because it just starts with Vyatsev, it doesn't start with a baruch. 
So of the examples that are not regular brachas, there are those that start with a bracha but don't end with a bracha, such as started with a bracha but there was no concluding bracha. And then there are those things like which you end it with a bracha but at the beginning you just go straight in to the content of the bracha. Now, so the fact that Hatovametiv starts with Baruch, right, and doesn't end with Baruch, means that it clearly isn't a Bracha Smuchel Chaverta like the previous Brachas of benching. Because if it was, it would have just gone straight into the content of the Bracha and then ended with the Bracha. But it started with the Bracha, so it's clearly separate. Michla, the Bracha Bifne'atzma, he, which then of course includes, uh, uh, you know, it implies. That it is a its its own um, bracha. Fine. Amar of Nachman Bar Yitzchak Zakt of Nachman Bar Yitzchak Teda Datov Ametiv Labdor Aisa Shari Okun Also Bevesa Avil. Okay, he says, you know how you know that Atov Ametiv is not Midor Aisa because they don't say it at the house of a mourner. Kedatanya, as we learned in the Brisa, Mayim Omer Bevesa Avil. What do they say in the house of a mourner? Baruch Atov Ametiv. So Tanakama says that they taka do say Atov Ametiv in the house of mourners, but Rabbi Akiva Omer Baruch Daina Emes. Whereas Rabbi Kiva says that they don't say Hatov v'ametiv in a mourner's house. They only say the bracha of Baruch Dayan Ms. Um, so if Hatov v'ametiv was Midor Raisa, Rabbi Akiva wouldn't be able to say that we could just skip it at a mourner's house, right? So from the fact that there's even an option, you know, Rabbi Kiva says to skip it, must mean it's not Midor Raisa. Now think about Sakasha. Hatov v'ametiv in Dayan Ms. Lo, according to the Tanakama, you only say Hatov v'ametiv, you don't say Baruch Dayan Ms at a mourner's house? No, so Ela Ema Afatova Metiv, right? No, so you say even Atova Metiv, also Dina Emes, but, but even Atova Metiv. Okay. I think that we're going to learn in the last parak of Brachos that, like, you know, nowadays on the good things we say Atova Metiv and on the bad things we say uh, uh, Dina Emes, but in the future everything's going to be Atova Metiv. I think so. And if not, I said it now. And if it doesn't say it anywhere, I made it up. But that wouldn't be as good. I think it says it, uh, it, says, I think it, says it somewhere. Marzutra Ikla Levei Ravashi. So Marzutra was visiting Ravashi. Isra be Milsa, and unfortunately, somebody had passed away in Ravashi's family. So Pasach Uvarich. So Marzutra said the following blessing: Hatov v'ametiv, God who is good and who does good. Kel Ms, a God of truth. Dain Ms, a judge of truth. Shofet b'tzedek, who judges in righteousness. Lokeach b'mishpat, he takes injustice. V'shalit b'olamu lasos bo kitzono, and he rules in his world to do in it like his will. Kichod rachav mishpat, because all of his ways are justice. Shakol shalom, because everything is his. Vanachnu amo, we are his nation. Vavadav, and his servants. Uvakol, and with everything. Anachnu chayovim lohodos lo, we have, we are obligated to thank him, ulevarcho, and to bless him. Go there, pratzos be Israel. He who fences the breaches of Israel. He will fence this breach in Israel. That is what Marzutra said. So I don't know if that's what's called like Birka Savelim, maybe. I'm not exactly sure, but <coughs> excuse me. But that's uh, what Marzutra said. Okay. Now the Gemara says, So according to Rav Sheshes, according to Rav Sheshes, who says that the first bracha of the uh, right that Birkas Azimun is until the end of the first bracha. So let's say, right, we talked about yesterday, if you have three people eating, two people finish and one person didn't, so the one person has to stop um, so that the other two people could make the Zimun. And according to those two people, the Birkas Azimun goes until the end of the first bracha. Great. Now, we got to the end of the first bracha, the Birkas Azimun is over, and the guy who's still eating goes back to eating. 
Now he's done eating and he wants to bench. So what, what does he do? Do we say that he starts from the beginning of benching, right? From, right, with the bracha vazan, because since he was part of the zimun, and part of the zimun is bracha vazan, so he's chayef to say the bracha vazan, uh, in his own benching, even though he's not considered bosan Or do we say that he just goes back to where they left off, right? So if zvid mishmeda, right, i.e. at no delcha. So if zvid mishmeda abai, so if you start from just no delcha, I guess you would just start from no delcha, but, what about the fact that it's like, you know, bracha smuchel chaverta is kind of like one long bracha. You don't make a hefsek, right? You don't like make an interruption in benching. You don't make an interruption during birkos kriyashma. You don't make an interruption during psukah de zimra. Like, whenever bracha smuchel chaverta is considered like one long bracha from the first bracha until the end of the last bracha. So it would be funny if he starts with the second bracha, but the second bracha is no delicha. Does he, but he was eating in between. I don't know, it's kind of a funny question. So Leichem Nuchoza, where does he go back to? Zvid Mishmei Dabai Amr Choza Larosh. So Zvid, the name of Abai, says, you go back to the beginning. Rabbanon Amri Lamakam Shapasak. Rabbanon Amri just goes back to the place where he left off. Vilchsa Lamakam Shapasak. And Allah is that he would go back to the place that he stopped, which is interesting because of the question that I'm asking, which is, is he just starting with Noda, like in the middle of a Brachas Mukhal Chaverta? Um, okay, in any event, we don't seem to do this, though. We don't seem to do this. We seem, you know, like, we seem to always just start from the beginning of benching. Okay. So I talk a little on Wikipedia a little bit today about what this Reish Galusa business is. Or not business, but who this Reish Galusa is. So I don't know, apparently in, um, the Babylon, you know, in, in the Babylonian Jewish communities, they would have like sort of a leader of the community. And that leader was like, he would have all sorts of, I don't know, he's just like the leader. I don't know, the face of the community. I guess if there were political, if there was a political face that needed to be interacting with the government. So, you know, he was the, he was that go-to person. He was the point person. He was also in charge of like distributing funds and, you know, making sure that there was funds allocated to the, to, to the, to the yeshivas. And he would run the community. You know, he, he was, he was like, a, a, I don't know what the equivalent of it would be these days, but um, I don't know. What would the equivalent of it be these days? Maybe almost like, almost like the, I don't know, maybe almost like the, like the rabbi of a shul, like in like American shuls, like, like really big shuls. I don't know, maybe if you were like the rabbi of some really big shul and some really big place. I, I don't know. I, I, yeah, probably much more than that. Well, maybe it's like the chief rabbi, let's say, of like England, like maybe like Rabbi Lord Jonathan Sachs or something, but I, I, I don't really know. But it was some like political position where, you know, he had, he had, he had a lot of power in the, Jew, in the, in the Jewish community. Um, so, anyways, so Amrle Reish Galusa to Rav Sheshes. So this Reish Galusa, right? So the Reish Galusa were also, I guess, involved with the yeshivas and rabbis and ev- everything in the community. So, so, um, so Amrle Reish Galusa to Rav Sheshes. So Reish Galusa said to Rav Sheshes, "Avagav darbanu kshishe atun." Even though you rabbis are elders, parsoi b'tzorkei suda bakie minaychu. When it comes to how to handle yourself at a meal, the Persians are really more expert than um, you guys, even though you're rabbis, okay? So when they have two mitos, because remember, they used to um, lean when they ate, right? They would have some kind of a couch, they would lean on the couch on their left side, and they would have a table brought up to them, and it seems pretty cool, but that, and that's how they would eat. So if you were two people, so if you're one person, you would just kind of lean on the couch, but if you're two people, so so when there were two beds, i.e. two people, Okay, so first the gadol, first the, the greater of the two would kind of um, get down on a, would, would get his bed and he would start leaning, they would get him his table, start eating, whatever it might be. And the second person, he would be his, um, if you can almost imagine it like as an L shape, 
So you would have the first person would be lying on his couch. And then if you imagine an L, so the second branch of the L would be right, and he's lefting on he's leaning on his left side. So by his head, there would be another mattress at a 90 degree angle. And then that person would be leaning on his left side. Okay. So, okay, you have the, 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 old, the better, the greater of the two lies down on the thing first. And then above him, i.e. by his head, is um, the second bed, 90 degree angle. And on that bed, the second guy would go. And that's considered above, you know, by, by his head. Okay. Fine. Uvizman, shame. And just think about it. So then, so then the, basically the feet of the second in command person of the low, of the less important person are basically by the head of the uh, first guy, right? Because they're both leaning on their sides. So if you just imagine them both leaning on their sides in this L thing with the other branch kind of of the L by the head of the uh, greater person. So then basically the second person's feet are going to be by his head. And then the, the second by, uh, person is by his head. So then when there are three people, so then the greatest of them is in the middle couch. So then you have the second person still you know, uh, in the same place, above, above his head. And the third person would be um, below, um, by, basically by the feet of the, of the greater person. Okay, and like that, you would have almost like a chet, right? So you'd have him in the middle, then you have the two legs, um, the greater of, basically the number two person would be by the head of the greater person, and then the uh, number three person would be by the um, second, by, by, by the feet of the greater person, all right? I'll make some diagrams. I'm going to make some diagrams. I'm going to put it in the WhatsApp group, okay? I'm going to make some diagrams, put them in the WhatsApp group, stick figures, it's going to be really fun. You guys are going to like it, or not. Amrle. So if Shesha says, but wait a second, if you basically have the uh, older, the, 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 the greater guy um, lying there, okay, on his couch, and then you have the second guy, right, so let's just say there's two of them, and he's by his head, which means that basically it's not going to be comfortable for the uh, greater of them to talk, he's not, to talk to the second guy because he's not really going to be able to see the second guy's head. Meaning, if you would have um, like the second guy by the feet of the greater guy, and he was like leaning like that, so basically the head of the, gray, of the second guy would be like by the feet of the, of, the, of the first guy. So then at least the first guy would be able to see the second guy because you'd be able to look down and see the second guy and talk to him. But since the second guy is like, you know, the second guy's feet are by the head of the greater guy. He doesn't really have a good view. He's going to have to like look up almost to see like the, the second guy. And it's going to be uncomfortable really to talk to him. He's going to have to sit up in order to talk to him. Okay. So that's like weird, Rav Shesha says. So Amalei Shani Parsai Demachve Lei B'machog. So the Reish Kulis said, no, it's actually not a problem because Persians are uh, experts at sign language. So therefore, um, they don't actually have to talk to each other and see each other. They just like do signs. So they can like, I guess, extend their hands and do funny little signs. And that's how they would communicate. So now when it comes time to wash, they can have bent. Well, they, I don't know if they were necessarily washing and saying, and saying amotzi, but like, I guess there was nonetheless washing before they would eat. So where do they start? So they start from 
um, the greater of them, right? So they start with the greatest guy, he washes his hand first, and then they go move on to the other people. So if Sheshis asks, Yeshiv Gadov, Yishmo Yadov, Achinodlin Kulan, so what? The, greater, the greatest of them is just, so he washes his hands first and then he just waits there silently while everybody else is washing, like sitting there doing nothing. So Kame. No, immediately they bring his table in front of him and he can eat Lamaisa. So he doesn't have to wait. Maimachronim, Meichan Maskilim. Maskilim, where do they start with the Maimachronim? Right? So at the end of the meal, when they come to wash their hands, where do they start? So Amalei, Minakotin. They start from the, from, from the, from the least Chashev of them. And the uh, greatest of them is just going to sit there with dirty hands until everybody um, finishes washing their hands, which is interesting. Kilu, nowadays, like, my machronim, I don't really like doing my machronim. Like, you're like at somebody's house and they like pass around my machronim, and it's like, all right, I guess I'll do it. And you kind of like get on your fingertips a little bit, and it's just like uncomfortable. But over here, it seems like they really like washed it. Maybe it was different at a time where they would like just have, you know, waiter service and they would just like bring you everything. I guess they would bring you water, they would bring you tables and stuff. And, you know, I don't know, maybe you can like wash your hands properly or maybe just even the way that, you know, nowadays we like fork and knife and stuff. Like my hands aren't really dirty at the end of the table, at the end of the meal. And I don't really want to like wash my hands at the table. You know what I mean? Um, but maybe it was different back then. You know, they would bring it to you and maybe their matter, maybe they had like a messier way of eating. Who knows? Maybe your hands really were dirty. But in any event, if Shesha says, so what? So if he washes his hands first, so if the, if the least chashav of them washes first, then the chashav guy is just going to sit there with dirty hands until, until everybody else washes and he goes last. So No, so they leave the table by him so they can keep on pressing until, uh, until they get to him and he's the last guy and then, and then he washes. Okay, very fancy. So I'm Rav Shesha. So if Shesha says to the Reish Kilusa, he says, look, Reish Gilusa, you're a very important man. You have traveled the world. You've seen many things. You know how Persians dine, and it's really quite admirable. But Anamas Nisa Yadaina. You know what I know? I know Abraisa. The Tanias, we learn in Abraisa. Kate said, say there, say, but how did the rabbis eat? When there are two beds, so the, the, old, the greater of them go, uh, leans first. Then the second greatest person is by his feet, basically. The second person's head is going to be by his feet, so that he can actually talk to the guy and see his face. And when there are three beds, so the, the greater of them leans first. Uh, no, yeah, exactly. Shani lo the maile menu. In the second, in, in this case, then the second greatest person is above him because even though it'll be harder for him to talk to him, or he won't really be able to talk to him because he's going to be above his head. Well, um, nonetheless, it's more mechubad that the second greatest person should be above his head rather than by his feet. So shlishi lo lemate menu. Then the third chashuv goes by his feet, right? And then Rashi says that basically the greatest person is going to talk with the third important person because he'll be able to see him and he won't talk with the second important person but that's um, okay because uh, better that he should talk to the third person and ignore the second person than to put the second person by his feet because it's disgraceful. So the now when it comes time to wash for bread so they start from the gadol and then they would um, bring him his table right away and he could start eating. My machronim when it comes to water at washing their hands at the end of the meal, so when there are five people, so they start with the greatest person because we also know that the greatest person is also then going to lead the benching. Right? So do my because we learned the other day that the person who does my machonim first, he leads the benching. So they would start with the greatest person and they would give him my machonim. 
And when there are a hundred people, or I think as Rashi points out, just really anything more than five, so so they start with the least important person, until there are only five people left who haven't yet washed their hands. Then and at that point they, they, they go from the gadol and uh, he'll then lead the benching. And where the Maim Achronim then goes back to, right? If there were 100 people, so then they start from the least Chashu person, they work their way up, and then once they get to uh, the final five, then they go to the greatest person. So whoever at that point they go back to, he's going to lead the benching. If the greatest person decides that he wants somebody else to lead the benching, so he'll, he'll let that person, you know, do Maim Achronim, be the fifth to last to do Maim Achronim. But um, wherever they go back to, Whoever is the fifth to last to bench, <coughs> he's going to do my machonim, he's going to lead the benching. So this taka uh, helps out Rav's opinion. Whoever is the first of the last five people to wash my machonim, he's going to lead the benching. Okay, now this um, story might, hopefully will sound familiar to everybody because it came up a few, a few days ago. Rav and Rabbi Chia were at a meal with Rabbi. Rabbi said to Rav, "Nu, get up and go wash your hands." Rabbi Chia saw that his nephew Rav was getting all nervous, right? Because uh, you know maybe Rabbi, maybe Rabbi saw that his hands were dirty, or he was taking too long to eat, and he was trying to give him a hint, like stop eating. So um, Rabbi Chia said that, um, you know, you're being foolish. Uh, Rebbe was really just telling you to do because he was honoring with you, you with leading the benching. All right, shkayich, everybody. Um, let's hold it over here. That was Daf Memvav, Mesech Brachos. And I hope you all enjoyed. And have a good one, and peace.